Hello and welcome to a Tisket Tasket podcast. I'm your host, Gina, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. This is past Gina talking to future Gina. I don't know, time frame is getting weird now. Anywho, this is a pre-recording that I did weeks or months. I have no idea because I don't know when I'm going to use this prior. I mentioned earlier, I think in the first days of the podcast, that I am chronically ill. And to share a little bit more, I have a disease called POTS, P-O-T-S, that stands for Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, as well as Hashimoto's disease, a number of orthopedic and various bone woes, as well as a Chiari brain malformation that gives me lovely migraines. Who knows what illness or disease has knocked me on my butt this week, but... For my mental and physical health, I am taking a week off of researching, and thus you guys get something a little bit different. I am a huge advocate on health advocacy and health transparency, and so I did want to share primarily why I'm doing this this week. I can't work a full-time job, and it really stinks. I really wish I could, but I need to take care of myself, and so I decided when I started this podcast, I was going to record short episodes about kind of main players in folklore and nursery rhyme scholarship. I got the idea from Todd. Thanks, Todd, because he said he was really interested in learning more about the people behind the pod- people behind nursery rhymes. And I think that it's important to acknowledge scholarships and the scholars behind it. So this very first episode that I wanted to share with you about notable scholars is about John Orchard Hallowell Phillips who is a name that comes up again and again and again when I do scholarships, who was a very prominent researcher in London in the 19th century. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about him today. I don't know a format or how I'm going to do this. I'm just going to jump right in. John Orchard Halliwell Phillips was born in 1820 and died in 1889. The pictures you find of him online are very, in my opinion, Mark Twain-esque, this guy with a big bushy beard. He was eccentric, I'll put it that way, and he was actually a notable scholar of Shakespeare. And I'll get to why that's important in a bit. But he was born in London and privately tutored at Jesus College, Cambridge, but he never got his degree. He spent most of his life studying and writing. He was actually a mathematician at the beginning part of his life. He won a couple of math prizes, but then he switched to literature. And starting at the age of 16, he published a number of articles to various magazines and journals, including the Parthenon, which was a weekly journal of English foreign language arts and sciences, and in a number of other publications. He actually published a couple of books, and in, in, in one of the books, he actually dedicated it to a noted bibliophile with the last name Phillips, and Philip Thomas Phillips was kind of so enamored with this idea that he introduced John to his eldest daughter, Henrietta, and they fell in love. But before they got married, he, John, was accused of stealing manuscripts from Cambridge. And so he got kicked out of Cambridge, wasn't allowed to go to the, the library anymore, and his wife, Hen- or his lover, Henrietta, decided that wasn't enough to break up the engagement, but Thomas Phillips was not having it. So actually, Henrietta ran away with John Orchard Halliwell, and the two of them got married. 
He first published the book that the Opies reference a lot and I reference a lot, and that is Nursery Rhymes of England and later Nursery Rhymes and Nursery Tales in 1842. And this book would contain some of the first appearances of some very popular nursery rhymes, none of which I think I've covered yet, but these include Three Little Pigs, Twelve Days of Christmas, etc. So later in his life, he worked at the British Museum, but then he got kicked out of the British Museum and fired because guess what? He was stealing manuscripts from there too, which I find somewhat funny because, you know, the British Museum is quite known for stealing artifacts from all over the world and John Orchard Halliwell was stealing them right back. Shortly after this, Thomas Phillips, I'm not entirely sure on how this all happened, but someone in the Phillips and Henrietta's family died and like bequeath the last name to John Orchard Hollywell, who was so like just honored by it that he ended up hyphenating his name. So sometimes you see his name as John Orchard Hollywell Phillips. But I, I found that quite interesting. But he, when I was researching his life on nursery rhymes, I had a heck of a time trying to find how he connected with the Folklore Society and his collection of nursery rhymes and how he got started with that. And I couldn't find a lot, and that's because he was really a notable Shakespeare scholar, and he did a lot to further research Shakespeare and kind of the modern way we look at Shakespeare and the way we teach it. And rumor has it he actually stole kind of Shakespeare's first folio, which everyone is like a raving lunatic to get their hands on, and actually one of the the original publications of Hamlet that he had. But like, he was a notable dude who stole stuff from museums and from other bibliophiles to kind of keep for himself and to hoard from himself. And he was also really bad at money. And so he would, like, a lot of his collection would get sold off when he was uh, poor or destitute. So who knows where some of these first editions went. But in his book, The Shakespeare Thefts in Search for the First Folios, Shakespeare scholar and author Eric Rasmussen talks about Hollywell's peculiar book-stealing and destroying activities. Rasmussen says that Halliwell also had a habit, and this, like, made me shiver, like, disgustingly, of cutting up 17th century books and, and even older books and pasting parts he liked into scrapbooks. And it is said that during his lifetime, he destroyed 800 books and made 3,600 scraps. So, as someone who loves to read, and who loves history, it makes me physically nauseous to think about a scholar who's humming to himself, sitting in his office, cutting up priceless manuscripts to create a giant scrapbook of things he likes. But that's what John Orchard Halliwell did. And uh, yeah, he was a peculiar man. So I wanted to try to find something that talked a little bit about his interest in nursery rhymes, but Again, I couldn't find stuff, but I did find his introduction to the Nursery Rhymes of England in his fifth edition, and this is the introduction that he wrote. He said, The great encouragement which has been given by the public to the previous editions of this little work satisfactorily proven, proves that, notwithstanding the extension of serious education to all but the very earliest periods of life, there still exists an undying love for the popular remnants of the ancient Scandinavian nursery literature. The infants and children of the 19th century have not then deserted the rhymes chanted so many ages since by the mothers of the North. This is a, quote, great nursery fact, proof that there is contained in some of 
these traditional nonsense rhymes of meaning in a romance, possibly intelligible only to very young minds, that exercise an influence on the fantasy of children. It is obvious there must exist something of this kind, for no modern compositions are found to supply altogether the place of the ancient doggerel. The nursery rhyme is the, is the novel in light reading of the infant scholar. It occupies, with respect to the ABC, the position of a ramp position of a romance which relieves the mind from the cares of a riper age. The absurdity and frivolity of a rhyme may naturally be its chief attractions to the very young, and there will be something lost from the imagination of the child, whose parents insist so much on the matters of fact, that the cow must be made in compliance with the rules of their educational code to jump under instead over the moon. While, of course, the little dog must be considered as barking, not laughing at the circumstances. These or, any these or any such objections, for it seems there are others of about equal weight, are, it appears to me, more silly than the worst nursery rhyme the little readers will meet in the following pages. I'm quite willing to leave the question to their decision, feeling assured that the catering for them has not been in vain, and that these cullings from the highways and byways, they have been collected from nearly every country, every county in England, will be will be to them real flowers soothing the misery of many an hour of infantine adversity. So in this index, he's kind of tongue-in-cheek talking about the silliness of nursery rhymes. And I do want to point out, he also had this weird fascination, fascination with, like, Scandinavian lore. And the Opies kind of, like, talk a lot about that in the Dictionary of Nursery Rhymes, almost like in a very scathing way. And I don't know enough about this field or this area of literature to understand what the heck is going on between that, but I find it quite amusing and I kind of do want to find out more. But maybe that's for another day when I research Opie and Opie. But going back to Halliwell's work, University of Pennsylvania has a wonderful list of most of his published work and you can find it on the link of the blog or if you just Google uh, his name, uh, it'll come up. But as I said before, when I was reaching Halliwell, researching him, I found a lot about his life and what he did and his research in Shakespeare, but I didn't really find out why nursery rhymes, like what led him to research it, why he thought they were important, and in a lot of ways his name is associated with a lot of Victorian scholars like Alice Gom and others that are really important scholars, but unlike, other, unlike the other people I've mentioned, not much is really kind of explored with Halliwell's life in 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 the fact that his research and scholarship was in nursery rhymes. Like if you look up Halliwell's name with Shakespeare, you'll find all sorts of stuff. And in fact, there is a Guardian article I was reading that talked a lot about kind of Halliwell's last days, kind of as a recluse, and and his work with Shakespeare, but not a lot about his his work in nursery rhymes. And I I found that very interesting because his name is all over the research of nursery rhymes when I research. But anyway, in an article titled Folklore Studies in England, written in 1961, author Richard Dorson talks a bit about Halliwell's collection of books and his nursery rhyme collection. And he does talk a little bit about kind of how he was kind of a, a patriarchal figure in, folk, in the folklore society. And in fact, I had thought I'd read somewhere about how he started or was one of the founding members of England's folklore society. 
But again, when I went to go back to look and see if I could find it, I didn't really find much about it. But he certainly was a big name in this type of literature, in, in scholastic research of this type. Also, a quick side note, the Folklore Studies in England article was quite interesting because it talked a lot about how the World War took its toll on the collection of nursery rhymes and the scholarship of nursery rhymes because a uh, bomb hit one of the libraries in London and destroyed a lot of the work. And that's something I hadn't really thought about, about how World War II or the World Wars in general may have affected scholarship like that. So I thought it was just kind of an interesting side note. So really, that's all I found when... I was looking at Halliwell's work. I'm not even going to bother to edit this podcast. This is kind of just off the, cu- off the cuff of me talking about him. But the Guardian article I was referencing, it is titled Shakespeare Scholar Tramp. In a small series of sheds in Sussex, a 19th century joker and eccentric hoarded the evidence that reconciles Shakespeare the playwright with Shakespeare the man. Charles Nichol uncovers a remarkable story. And it actually has quite a few pictures of Halliwell, but it doesn't mention his life at all in connection with nursery rhymes. And I thought I was going to research this and find a whole plethora of stuff about his work and why he thought it was important. But I really surprised myself when I didn't. So this actually just makes me want to research other people more like um, Gom, for example, in other folks who were instrumental in starting the American Folklore Society, because I'm really curious to know more about how research on nursery rhymes kind of got started and how it's continued and how it's evolved. And the Folklore Studies in England article kind of talks a little bit about that too, basically saying that after the Victorian era, scholarship like this kind of fell off and there hasn't really been money in scholarship to help produce modern scholarship. But this was written in 1961. And I think if um, the author who is Richard Dorsen would revise this work, he would say the same. Like, you're not really seeing a lot of work after, you know, 21st century and beyond. But, you know, (laughs) I've spent how many weeks now? 20 weeks more, more than 20 weeks talking about nursery rhymes. And obviously, I find this scholarship important. And so I thought I would just spend a few minutes talking about Halliwell and start looking into key players in nursery rhyme scholarship. And so this was the first week. But anyway, I hope you found it interesting. And I hope whenever this goes out, I feel better the following week so I can get back to the regular scheduled programming. But if you like this sort of format and you like this type of scholarship I'm talking about, like if you're interested in hearing more about the people behind the nursery rhyme, let me know. I'd be happy to do more of these episodes as well. But I want to start with Halliwell and I'd really like to learn about the Opies next and Gom and Mother Goose and all these other fun people that I see their names come up again and again and again. But thank you again for listening. Um, I hope you're enjoying the content. Again, I apologize for not feeling well, but such is life, and it's going to happen again. And if you suffer from chronic pain and chronic illness out there, I empathize with you. And for the rest of my listeners, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know. And next week, I'll continue to talk about the weirdness of nursery rhymes. Up in 
here in Nimkin down. Swing your honey, go round, round. Al, I'm in there with your left hand, right your partner, right left friend. With a hand over hand and heel over heel, any big foot up and you little one down. Promenade your partner, round, round. Promenade him two by two and promenade is up to you. With hey diddle diddle and a cat and a fiddle And all joint hands go into the middle Stomp your foot to the tune of the fiddle When did you remember my call? Swing your corner, promenade all Slap hands and slap knees Boom sit daisy if you please And bump your corner Promenade your corner girl Captain Phil and all John hands go into the middle and stump your foot to the tune of the fiddle. When you do remember my call, swing your corner, promenade all. Now promenade around like a folded clover. Here we go with shoulder, shoulder all the way around. Everybody slap hands, a slap knees. Bump the daisy if you please and bump your corner. Now promenade your corner girl and promenade around like a folded clover. And you go with shoulder, shoulder all the way around, shoulder, shoulder. With an almond lift for the old left hand, a grand right and left chain, hand over hand, the heel over heel. Promenade your partner, promenade. Your left hand lady see saw your pretty little baby. Swing the corner, ladies all. Now swing your partner. Hey, diddle diddle, and a captain to fiddle, and all John hands go into the middle and stop your foot to the tune of the fiddle. When you do remember my call, swing your corner, promenade all. Slap knees, boom to daisy if you please, promenade your corner girl, promenade around. Everybody swing the girl across the hall and promenade, hey, you know where and we don't care, take him out to a high back chair.